Good morning and welcome again to our study for a few days of the book of Philemon. We're just beginning the study. We'll continue through Friday. And as we completed yesterday, and I prayed overnight and a little bit this morning about how to proceed, it dawned on me that we really weren't going to be able to do what I had in mind, which is probably pretty good, because the Lord's plan is usually a lot better than my plan. So we're going to focus for the rest of the week on some of the who's in Philemon. And that will help us do our focus work, which is a lot better to fit into our time frame that's available. So uh, today we're going to focus on the who of Philemon. So we're going to, first we're going to read the entire book in, uh, at once, out loud. Matthew's going to read it for us again as he did yesterday. And I invite those of you online to listen and not to actually read along in the text. Uh, again, we try to approach the original context when we do this. Uh, then after that, we're going to go back through the book with everybody looking at their Bibles, and we're going to we're going to notice everything the text says today, if we can, about Philemon, okay? So let's pray. Lord, thanks for your love for us. Thanks for your amazing grace in our lives. Today we come afresh and anew to your word, and we ask for a fresh word. We ask for a fresh measure of your spirit. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for the times when I come to your word looking for support for the way I think. Uh, help me today to look for the way you think. Uh, and forgive me those times when I haven't done that, but today help me to do that, help all of us to do that, and as we hear what you think, then give us the courage to act on it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Matthew, if you would please read the entire book of Philemon for us. Yes, sir. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy our brother, unto Philemon our dearly beloved, and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Athea and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I thank my God, making mentions of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that, that the communication of your faith may be effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have a great joy and consolation in your love. Because of the bowels of the saints... Are refreshed by you, brother. <clears throat> Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin you that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech you, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech you for my son Osemus, whom I have begotten in my own bonds, which in time past was to you unprofitable, but now to you profitable and to me whom i have sent again you therefore receive him that is mine own bowels <clears throat> whom i would have restrained with me that in your steed he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel but without your mind would i do nothing that your benefit should not be as it were of necessity but willingly for for, for perhaps he therefore departed for a season that you should receive him forever not now as a servant, but above a servant, a beloved brother, specifically to me, but how much more unto you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If you count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he has wronged you or owes you aught, put that on my account. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to you how you owe unto me, even your own self besides. <clears throat> yes, brother. Let me have joy of you in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I wrote unto you, 
knowing that you will also do more than I say. But withal, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There salute thee, Ephraim, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. Mark, Aristarchus, <laughs> Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers, low laborers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Now let's go back and start at verse 1, and we'll uh, notice everything the text says about Philemon. Okay? Now, if we were, as we go along this week, I'm just going to teach you a few things about a process of Bible study. I talked yesterday about three main steps other than prayer, which always undergirds everything we do in Bible study. But the three primary steps are observation, interpretation, and application. In the step of observation, there are two sub-steps. And these are identify and examine. And we're going to do those sort of together today. Identify and examine. Okay? And so uh, sometimes you go through first and you only identify. For instance, if you were working with repetitions, you would just go through it and you would identify, okay, the word brother or sister is repeated in Philemon, and you would simply write that down somewhere. Okay? So that's identifying it. Then you would go back later and examine it. So you would find each instance of brother or sister. You would write which verse you find it in and what it says about it, okay? Uh, But we're going to do both together today. We've already sort of identified Philemon is a who, okay? And so we're going to go now and find each instance that Philemon is mentioned. And when you look for who's, you also need to look at pronouns because sometimes they're referred to as pronouns, by pronouns, okay? So let's go now. Let me get a blank. Not everyone likes to make notes when they study the Bible, but I do. It helps me a lot because my memory is kind of faulty. So I'm just going to write a few things down as we go through. So uh, beginning with the first verse, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and coworker. So the first thing we would write is verse 1, Philemon, referred to, I'm just going to put P, to save space, referred to by Paul as dear friend and co-worker, dear friend and co-worker, okay? Now, because of time, I won't take time to write all these down every time we do one today. I just want to give you an example of how I would do this if I were making my own notes. So on my computer, I would, I would be typing verse 1, Philemon referred to by Paul as dear friend and co-worker. And all we're doing now is observing that that is what the text says. Later we can ask ourselves, what does that mean that he refers to him that way? But right now we're only noticing what the text says, okay? Okay. to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. So what do we learn from this about Philemon? Okay, a congregation meets in his house, whatever church means. I usually refer to it as congregation in these contexts because they were meeting in his house. There wasn't a church building. Okay. Okay. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we see in the text here about Philemon? That Paul wishes God's grace and peace be with him. 
Mm -hmm. that Paul wishes for God's grace and peace to be with him. Mm -hmm. See how I made that connection? Because yep. okay. he says grace and peace to you from God our, our Father and the Lord Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. Does anyone know, I know y'all have a different version than me. Is y'all's version kind of syncing with what we're doing so far? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. When I remember you in my prayers, what can we write down about Philemon from that phrase? Paul is praying for Philemon. Paul remembers him in his prayers. Now, as you make this list, it becomes obvious how much is in this letter about Philemon, which is kind of natural since it's a letter to Philemon, right? But it's really amazing. Paul prays for Philemon, okay? The text clearly indicates that. And when he does so, what does he do? He thanks, him. He thanks God for Philemon. He doesn't say, I pray for you to get better. I pray for you to repent. I pray for you to realize all the ways you've been wronging me. No, I thank God for you. Uh, wouldn't you like to know that people are thanking God for you? <laughs> mm, amen. Okay, so that's a pretty interesting thing for us to, to notice that the text says related to Philemon, that Paul thanks God for him. Okay, And how often does he thank God for him? Every time he prays for him. Every single time he prays for him, always. Because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith toward the Lord Jesus. So what does the text say about Philemon here? He has faith. He loves the saints. Matthew said he has faith toward the Lord Jesus. Okay? I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. So what do we learn about Philemon here? Um, Paul is praying that his faith may become effectual. That his faith sharing yeah. may become effective. The communication. His faith sharing may become effective. So we learn he is a faith sharer. He shares his faith. Yes, he's a faith sharer. We can't really say it's ineffective. We know at least Paul would like it to be more effective than it has been. Okay. Paul doesn't really say it's ineffective, but Paul hopes it will be even more effective. Okay. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love. Okay, so we can specifically write, Paul receives love and encouragement, I mean joy and encouragement from Philemon's love. Okay. When you think about these, when you really dwell in the Word and think about these things kind of a detail by detail, you can, talk, you can pray through these things. Lord God, does anybody in my life receive joy and encouragement from my love? Or am I only a taker? Do the people in my life only feel like I take from them? That I want to only receive from them and they never receive from me? You can see how you can, as you dwell on the details, on one simple who, Philemon, you, uh, the Lord can speak a lot to you when you just take your time. Okay. So, uh, I have received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. I think the King James said the bowels of the saints. Yeah, the Greek word here is sort of your innards. Your innards. It's sometimes translated heart, sometimes uh, bowels in the King James. It's usually heart in the more modern because most heart. modern people don't want to read bowels. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sort of your inner gut, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Inward parts, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of what the Greek word refers to. So we learn from Philemon here what? We've already learned that Paul was encouraged by Philemon's love. What do we learn in this phrase about Philemon? Other believers have been refreshed. The saints are encouraged. Okay. I mean, what a testimony about Philemon. He encourages Paul, the sort of grand apostle. He encourages other saints. Through his love. Okay, so we can interpret later uh, and say that, must be an amazing love. that he has for them, right? For, for now, we're just saying, wow, that's what we observe. For this reason, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love. And I, Paul, do this as an old man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Do we see anything about Philemon here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he, would, he would recognize Paul's authority. Okay. That, that Paul could, could instruct him. So he's obedient or he's respectful of Paul's authority. We at least, or Paul at least assumes uh-huh. he is respectful of, of Paul's authority. So what we learn, at least what we observe, uh-huh. you're, that was close to interpretation, not quite. And I think it was correct. No. What we observe strictly based on what the text says, is there is some relationship. There is some relationship already between Paul and Philemon. Paul's not writing a cold letter to somebody he doesn't know. Okay. Um, yes, ma'am. I saw that he also has some, Paul has something for him to do, something he needs okay. to do. Okay, so he's being asked to do something. Okay, thank you. I, yeah, I am appealing to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful both to you and to me. So the first thing we know about Philemon from this verse is he has some former relationship with Onesimus as well. It doesn't say how he was formerly useless to Philemon. It doesn't give us any characterization of the relationship, but it does let us know there was a relationship. And at some point, that relationship was a useless one from Philemon's perspective, okay? Or at least Paul assumes that Philemon. Or at least Paul assumes, thank you. Thank you. That's right. See, I even was getting into the interpretation there. The text only says, because this is from Paul, this is Paul writing from Paul, okay? Thank you, John. So then what does the rest of the phrase teach us? That Onesimus could be could useful be to profitable, Paul. Useful. I mean, to Philemon. Right, right. To both of them, it says. To yeah, you. Or to and, yeah, to both. Yeah, to and you and to me. Right. So, from Paul's perspective, anyway, <coughs> Onesimus now is useful. Okay? Okay. I wanted to keep. Uh, I am sending him, that is my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. So what about Philemon do we see in this one? He used to help Paul in ministry in some way. Or, thank you. Or at least Paul assumed Philemon should be helping him in his imprison- during his imprisonment. He should be of service to him during his imprisonment. Paul assumes that about Philemon. Okay? Everybody see that? But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. 
getting close to interpretation here, but what might we see about Philemon in this phrase, this verse? That Paul loves and respects him enough yeah. that he doesn't right. want to give Philemon an order from on high. He would really rather coach him along as a beloved brother, which he has already called him, uh, to voluntarily agree to do what he's asking. Okay. Okay. So perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. Let's stop there. What do we know about Philemon from this phrase, this part of the verse? Well, he's a slave owner. He's a slave owner. And who used to be one of his slaves? Onesimus. Onesimus. Onesimus, apparently, used to be one of his slaves. Okay? Now, we can, we would easily be able to interpret, well, therefore, he was probably useless to Onesimus now because he wasn't with him. He was in prison with Paul in another city. So, therefore, he's useless, okay, because he's not with him. But, again, that is interpretation, okay? Especially to me, but how much more to you now as a beloved brother? both in the flesh and in the Lord. Now, I do not know what that phrase means. <laughs> and that's one of the fun phrases you could deal with in interpretation. We won't have time to do that. but uh, you, And there are some good guesses as to what that means, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Uh, so we'll keep going. Unless somebody has something burning they want to say about it. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. So what do we know about it? Philemon from this. Paul thinks he considers Paul a partner. Paul right. thinks that Philemon <laughs> considers Paul well to be a partner. Right. right. Yeah, that was perfect. Paul assumes there's some level of partnership between himself and Philemon. Okay? Okay. Very well done, Matthew. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything... Charge that to my account. This is sort of an assumption, but one thing we pick up here is that Onesimus probably at least wronged Philemon in some way. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't be saying this. Okay. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owing me, even your own self. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says nothing. <laughs> when, we, when we studied this book in Venezuela, they were all kind of whispering to themselves, Chantaje Espiritual, Chantaje Espiritual, which is spiritual blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was sort of interpretation. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but what do we learn oh, about Philemon from this? Um, well, there's a. Maybe this is going too far. There's a. A history between Paul ministering to Philemon. Yes. You to know. simply say that it's there's some history there, that's yeah. not going that's not interpretation. There's obviously some history there. It causes Paul <laughs> to be able to say, You know, you sorta of owe me your life, buddy. <laughs> Physical life, spiritual life, we don't know, we can make assumptions. But the text clearly says you really sorta of owe me your life. And all I'm asking you to do is take back this one guy who's now a beloved brother. I mean Okay, so, <laughs> oh boy. Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. 
refresh my heart in Christ. So this says about Philemon that from Paul's perspective, Philemon's uh, obedience to this request, fulfillment of this request, would refresh Paul's heart. Okay? Are we heart refreshers or are we heart drainers? One of the ways you can think about applying this in your life. Are we heart refreshers or are we heart drainers? And, you know, there are times when I'm a heart drainer, you know. I don't mean to be, but there are just times I am. I'm a heart drainer, you know. Because I just don't treat people the way they deserve to be treated or need to be treated that day. I'm looking at things from my perspective. I'd rather be a heart refresher through God's grace. How many heart trainers are in local churches? <laughs> you know? I don't know how many of you know this, but 80% of pastors leave the ministry in five years. In five years, 80% of pastors leave the ministry. There are a lot of heart drainers in local churches. I know no one listening today is a heart drainer. <laughs> Confident of your obedience, I am writing to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. We learn anything about Philemon from this? Paul considers. Uh, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. <laughs> that he has a confidence that they will listen to what he says and do what. So we learn. About, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you're going to do it now. <laughs> what we learn about. Thank you, Taylor. What we learn about Philemon is that Paul assumes his obedience mm -hmm. and assumes even more than his obedience, his supra-obedience. He's going to do more than he asks. Okay, so that says something at least, and we would deal with that later interpretation about the, the depth and quality of the relationship the two of them have. Ram? Well, and you know, this also goes back to verse 5 when he says, hearing of your love and faith. So he's yeah. he's saying he's already heard of his love and faith, and now he is in faith accepting that uh, Philemon's going to do his request. That's right. So it's based on Paul's personal prior experience with Philemon. Uh, something happened in the past for which Paul thinks Philemon owes him his life. <laughs> and it's based on what Paul has heard about Philemon from others. Okay. One thing more. Prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping through your prayers to be restored to you. It may be that we know about Philemon from this. Well, we know he's got a guest room. Okay. Okay, we know he's got a guest room. And that may be, sound silly, but we ought to write it down if we're going to train ourselves to pay attention to details. He's got a guest room. Okay. I would also Fair. observe that Paul's comfortable to say, um, let me come stay at your house. Okay, so it, deal, it, talk, it speaks to the comfort of his yeah. relationship, the confidence mm -hmm. in the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And... It, it's hard to tell if Paul knows Philemon is praying for him to come or if Paul is assuming that Philemon is praying that yeah. he will come. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I haven't been praying, but I'm going to have to start praying now. <laughs> okay, but something's there. something is certainly there about a prior relationship, uh, the depth of a prior relationship. I don't know how to pronounce the next name. It's either Epaphras or Epaphras, probably. I forgot to look it up. Uh, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. 
don't really learn much about Philemon here except these folks are sending their greetings. And we don't know if that's because they somehow knew him or if that was just part of a standard, you know, Gomer says hi. We just don't know, okay? <laughs> the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Okay, so that's an all, a lot of interesting stuff that we learned about Philemon. Now, we're, we're sort of interpreting and applying at the same time in our remaining five minutes. Is it five or four? It's kind of hard to tell from that clock. Okay, five. So now I want to do a little bit of application. Uh, one of the things you do when you focus on a who is you, in your application, you focus on that who too. And so there are some a series of questions that you can ask. The first one I always like to ask is, using this Philemon as our example, and I want you to actually think about this now today, uh, this morning, is there anything about Philemon, about what the text of Philemon says related to Philemon that challenges you? Is there anything that challenges me when I, when I see everything that, is, that we notice about Philemon in this text, in this letter? Okay, you know, yes. I mean, we've already, we're challenged to be heart refreshers. What else? To love others. To and love others. Them, yeah. Okay, because he obviously did. Paul had even heard about it. Okay, John, you want to say something? Yeah, um, I'm challenged here as Paul is sort of challenging Philemon to reconsider or just take a moment to reevaluate his relationship with another brother in Christ. There's an earthly, a worldly sort of relationship that is, was between the two, and Paul is saying that your status as both saved believers uh, alters that. And so I'm challenged to consider, you know, in what ways do I in continue to have earthly relationships where I might need to reevaluate and approach it differently because I'm saved now? Yes. So if we really wanted to get personal and think about this through, through this seriously in the context of the state, we would ask ourselves, can those of us who are of a certain party love other Christians who have of a certain party that disagree with us on virtually every issue. And vice versa. We can ask it from both perspectives. Can Democrat, Democratic Christians love Republican Christians and can Republican Christians love Democratic Christians? Can we even consider each other Christians? Half the time we don't even consider each other. We don't. Let's be honest. Half the time we don't even consider each other Christians. Okay. But isn't that God's role to figure that out? So, so uh, when someone's in Christ, no matter who they used to be, if I'm in Christ too, Philemon challenges me to treat them according to who they are in Christ and not according to who they used to be in the world or, or who they are in the world now. All right, so then another question we would ask is, is there anything about Philemon here that encourages me? Challenges me pretty well. <laughs> Be a, don't be a heart drainer. Be a heart encourager and, you know, treat other believers. Is there something in Philemon that encourages me? Well, I'll speak to that myself. Yeah. <laughs> he was an encourager to Paul. I mean, if he can be an encourager to Paul, can't I at least be an encourager to my family? Can't I at least encourage one person a day with a smile and a kind word? Uh, surely through the power of the Spirit, I can be an encourager. I can be a little bit of a Barnabas. For those of you who don't know that reference, Barnabas was known as the encourager. Uh, 
instead of being a discourager. We are, we are just such a tendency. Our culture has taught us that our job is to pull other people down who disagree with us. Our job is to pull them down. That's not the job is to edify. And so Solomon encourages me that it's possible. I can be an edifier. I can. Jesus lives in me. Okay. And then is there something we can identify? This question sort of ties in with the first two, but sometimes asking this question myself helps us make another connection. Is there something in Philemon we can identify with? Yes, in verse 15, Paul says there's a reason for all this. You know, um, the God had God had a plan behind all this. Okay. And so I can identify that when things happen, they aren't just random. God, God's behind it. Yes. God has a purpose in it. Yes, ma'am. I think we can all identify with the idea of being wronged before by somebody. Wronged <laughs> somebody before. else. Yeah. And, and, and faced with the tough challenge of, of being called to forgive them. Yes. And to receive, not just to forgive them, to, to bring them and be a brother to them, and to love them, and to restore the relationship, to yes. change the relationship from neutral to positive. The difference between forgiving in the sense I don't hold it against you anymore, but then restoring the relationship. Yes. Thank you. And then one, we won't really have time to deal with this today. We've already really sort of answered this question. But another way to ask a question about a who is, is there, any, is there anything that we can learn from Philemon? And we've really already referred to several things that we can learn from Philemon. We can learn to be heart encouragers. We can learn to be sources of joy. Uh, you know, we can learn that sometimes people who have sort of, quote, some kind of spiritual authority over us may ask us to do something that's going to be uncomfortable. And uh, we'll have to discern where we want to be with that answer. How are we doing on time? About 10 seconds, 15? Okay. So thank you for being here today. We just ask for God to teach each of us something from, from the person of Philemon today that we can apply in our own lives. Lord Jesus, help us. Amen and amen.